Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Saludable Latina Women's Health and Wellness Podcast with your host, Lilia G. Ash. In this platform, we know that women go through many phases of their transition with their health and in their wellness journey. Therefore, we're going to bring a variety of topics having to do with Eastern and Western medicine, but also including mind, body, and spirit, adding different healing modalities and different health topics such as nutrition, exercise, GYN health, and much more. So I'm excited to bring women and healthcare experts at the same time to create a dialogue and conversation to raise your awareness, education, and connect you to services and resources. It's time that we start learning a little bit more about different aspects in our health transitions and in our wellness journey. So let's get started. Listas? Vamos. Un, dos, tres. So before we get started with tonight's episode, I wanted to share an item that has been really mutually benefit for anyone feeling stressed out, especially if you need a little self-care massage or if you want to give someone a massage. And with COVID-19 stressing everyone out more than ever, we need a little bit of more relaxation and tuning into our bodies more than ever to make sure our immune systems are staying strong and healthy. So I came across this Muscle Love Massage Oil by Joy.com products so if you wanted to find out more about her products i'm going to give you the website right now at joyproducts.com i actually love her massage oil because it's made with natural ingredients such as almond oils fraction coconut oil vitamin e and some essential oils and this massage oil is actually made with eucalyptus sweet basil black pepper and may increase your blood flow and reduce inflammation and even reduce pain if you use regular massage to reduce stress and soothe the body this helps alleviate the body from any type of formation of adhesions that you might be feeling through your ligaments and or muscles depending on your body part where you're feeling the most tension or the most um, abnormal structures in the anatomy of the muscle. And the reason I'm getting a little technical there is because I'm studying it right now. How to look for adhesion, scars, and pain in the body structure of the ligaments, muscle, and or stretching individuals depending on, you know, if they have a little bit of an anatomical imbalance. And so it's really nice to know this modality because a lot of the times we're searching to see what else can we do besides pain medication. And that's another modality that you can do on top of pain medication just to kind of help alleviate that plan of care a little bit more and enhance it so that way your body can have a more healing process versus just depending on a medication and or not doing anything at all so that's my tip of the day and now we're going to get started with season three episode one so let's get started All right, ladies, welcome back to another podcast episode here through Saludable Latina Women's Health and Wellness. I have a special guest that I'm actually really excited to be featuring because this is a guest that actually created a platform for women as far as services in women's health. I have Dr. Sophia Yen. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. We were just talking about where we're from. So to give the audience a little bit about knowing who you are, do you mind introducing yourself? Not at all. Um, I'm Dr. Sophia Yen. Um, I went to, I grew up in the Bay Area in California in the heart of Silicon Valley. Then I went off to MIT and froze my butt off in Boston and swore I would never go back to the East Coast (laughs) again. Then I went to UC San Francisco, one of the top medical schools in the world. 
and then a Children's Hospital Oakland to specialize in pediatrics. And then I went back to UC San Francisco to specialize in teenagers and young adults, what we call sex, drugs, rock and roll, a little acne and some sports medicine. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then to complete my colleges of uh, Northern California, I got a UC Berkeley Master's of Public Health focusing in maternal child's health and focusing on child obesity. And then went down to Stanford, where I'm a clinical associate professor in the Department of Pediatrics in the Division of Adolescent Medicine. And then about six years ago, was giving a talk to a bunch of physicians. Why don't those pesky women take their birth control? And one of the yeah. top reasons <laughs> is didn't have it in their hands. So didn't have time to run to the pharmacy every single month for 20, 40 years of our lives and stress out about it and actually coined the term pill anxiety. So if you've yeah. ever been on the birth control pill, you get to that last week of pills. If you don't get to the pharmacy, there will be a bad consequence. <laughs> and you have that for 20, 40 years of your life. So my friend and I were like, well, we could solve this. We could just ship it to you and keep shipping it to you until you tell us to stop. And yeah. so that was the beginning of Pandia Health as an idea. And then when we ran ads for free birth control delivery, 60% of the women that responded didn't have a prescription. And I'm like, don't you know, in the United States, you need a prescription. Yeah. And I'm a physician. I can write prescriptions. And so thus, Pandia Health was born. We're the end-to-end -end solution for birth control. We can just write your birth control prescription, but our interest is really delivering that box, making sure you set it and forget it, let Pandia worry so you don't have to. We call that hashtag Pandia Peace of Mind. Ooh, I love that. Pandia is a peace of mind. My goodness, your extensive education um, with health in general, from like peds all the way to adolescence, to women's health, to postpartum. I'm amazed. I have a trillion questions I want to ask, but awesome. I want to make sure that we can move the conversation. Now, you mentioned in your journey in the health, when you started, I guess, what made you want to get into health in the, in the first place? Yeah, I was, you know, a fourth grader and I really like people and I like science. And so I saw my future opportunities with that description as either going into health or going into um, the laboratory where I would do research and stuff. And so this has no people, the laboratory, and this has people. And also my mom was a nurse. And my mom was like, don't be a nurse, be a doctor, because the nurses do all the scut work and the doctors get all the credit. <laughs> and, um, and so I took that to heart. And um, my joke is that for any, not joke, but my statement, is anybody who just wants to be a primary care provider, so pediatrics, family medicine, don't be a doctor, be a nurse practitioner, because the nurse yeah. practitioners don't have to go through the residency, and they can do everything a physician can, and they're unionized, so they get better pay than the doctors. When I wow. came to Stanford, I was shocked that the nurse practitioner made more than me, even though I'd done 12 years of education, spoke fluent Spanish, and was a physician, but that's because I think women and physicians are like, we don't, okay, I'll take whatever you pay me. But <laughs> the nurses are yeah. smart and they unionize and they fight for their rights and they get paid what they deserve. 
That's amazing. Well, hopefully that could also be coming forth for all of our, you know, providers, medical providers. And you also mentioned master's in public health. I was like, man, she, she did the whole journey down that road. So how did you tie master's in public health as a provider? Because most of the time, medical providers, when they do their trainings, is often to like treat and rule out and make recommendations. How did you tie in master's in public health to the field that you were going into? I think it's part of being a pediatrician in that um, we are looking at what can we change or do to help our patients who can't vote and who people don't listen to and who don't have voices. And so part of being a pediatrician is advocacy. And for me, you know, it wasn't enough working on the one-on-one level, but then being a professor and teaching physicians, but then the ability to create policies or laws or affect insurance companies. So just moving up to a bigger level of influence and effect And then my other joke is I want to be the first Surgeon General to say the word masturbation without being asked to resign, which is what, unfortunately, Bill Clinton did to Jocelyn Elders, who's the first African-American Surgeon General. And it wasn't like she was like, masturbation, masturbation, masturbation. She was just saying, you know, how do you prevent sexually transmitted infections, abstinence, um, condoms and masturbation. It wasn't like, put. it was just like, you know, but so, the conservatives got very upset and she had to be thrown under the bus. And so part of becoming Surgeon General is you have to either go through military service or get a master's in public health. So that, that is the other reason I got the master's in public health, but mainly to affect change at a higher level and to look at things from the patient point of view rather than the paternalistic, I'm a doctor, this is what it is, just do it, which is, is common, but more like, well, it doesn't help if I tell you stuff if you don't listen, because you want food, but I'm just trying to treat obesity. You know, like it's a conflict. You have to see it from the patient's point of view. And it's really about understanding the community and how to make group change. Very nice. Um, so am I hoping to see you as a future general surgeon? That is on my bucket list. You know. uh, well, when you do, I'm going to be there applauding because I'm like, I had her as a talk. And then, you know, what an amazing journey um, just in general. Now, you actually mentioned earlier on um, you are the co-founder of Pandia Health. And this was a much needed service when you started to see into your practice. When did you identify that there was a need when you were actually emphasizing most adolescents and young women, when we get to the last pill, we're freaking out already that we're like, oh my God, I'm going to miss my pill. And then I'm going to have to go to the doctor and make an appointment. So you saw a window of opportunity. And and why did you see that window of opportunity being really important, especially when women are trying to access birth contraceptives? Yeah. So it was, um, a personal experience. I like to say I live, breathe, eat, and prescribe birth control. I'm not just the CEO and co-founder, but I'm a member of this group and a user of this service. And so, and I have two young daughters, so I want them to have a world where life is easier, where they can set it and forget it, where they don't have pill anxiety, where they don't have to suffer from hashtag period problems. And the other part was it was a perfect 
kind of timing, a perfect storm of laws and regulations. So it was right when the Affordable Care Act was passed. And under the Affordable Care Act, if your listeners don't know, you don't have to pay for birth control. Any FDA approved method of birth control should be available, quote, free, which is no copay, no deductible if you have insurance. Um, and unless you have a religious employer. So I always forget that Loma Linda is a religious institution. Georgetown is a religious institution. Santa Clara University is a religious institution, as is um, some hospitals. Catholic Healthcare West has taken over some hospitals as well. But if you're not part of that, then it should be covered and it should be available with no copay, no deductible. And then the second part was that um, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology in 2012, again in 2016, and again in 2019, birth control pills are safe and they should be over the counter. And if you give women these 20 questions, if they say yes to any of them, then no, they should not have birth control, but they can do that themselves. Women don't wanna die of a blood clot or anything like that. And then if you check a blood pressure and it's within normal limits within the past year, you're good to go. And so between the Affordable Care Act, American College of Obstetrics saying it's safe, send it over the counter, just ask these questions and check the blood pressure. And then California also had a law where they let pharmacists write birth control. So we just took the protocol they had for pharmacists and threw on a layer of doctor. So we are, as you mentioned, the only women-founded, women-led, the only doctor-led company in birth control delivery. And we have expert care by expert doctors. So the whole point was to bring birth control to women where you have internet and a mailbox, but also to decrease stigma. So you could imagine you walk into a pharmacy, it doesn't matter, big town, small town, whatever, and your boss walks in behind you. Sophia, what are you doing here? And you're like, I'm here for my birth control. And, <laughs> you know, I hope someday you'd be like, I'm here for my birth control because, yeah. like, I'm responsible and I will decide when and how many children I have or I don't want to have periods. And so I'm a better person when I don't bleed once a month. So that's what I'm here for. But also <laughs> none of your business, right? right. But um, you can imagine that the pharmacist can also slut shame you in a small town, maybe a suburb of San Diego. Sophia, you again here for birth control, which is a total HIPAA violation, but right. it is theoretically <laughs> possible. Or, you know, chatty Nancy, nosy Nancy is behind you and is like, what? What is she being counseled on? She's being counseled on birth control. <laughs> and she tells the whole neighborhood, right? So right. this comes in the confidentiality of your mailbox. And someday I hope we can ask you, do you want your package confident or confidential? But right now we're defaulting to confidential. Very nice. You know, I, I love everything that you just explained. Um, and having that said, when you're trying to destigmatize um, birth control, contraceptives in general, as we know, we do have the conservatives and then we have the women that, you know, obviously want to plan out for their future. Uh, but there's also that group of women also too, that I guess I want to have this question directly to you because I want to make sure that women are, are aware depending on their health history, because some women will say, well, birth contraceptives should not be utilized because it can have perhaps maybe some contributing factors to hormonal imbalances and or fertility. What would you say to that, Dr. Sophia, again? Yeah. So you have, you know, two questions in there. How yes. does birth control affect fertility? That one I can answer quickly as I, as the other one too, but I just want to make sure I answer both your questions. Of course. And so the joke is while you're on birth control, yes, it affects your fertility. It should make you infertile while you are taking it. But your question is when I come off of it, 
how soon can I get pregnant? And what is my possibility of being infertile because I took the medication, right? Right, yeah. So if we're talking about the pill, the patch, the ring, the shot, the implant, the hormonal IUD or the copper IUD, so all reversible birth control methods, when you come off of it, most of them are out of your body in three days or seven days at the longest. The only one that lingers is Depo-Provera because it's a shot and it goes in your muscle. And so it could be eight months to nine months before it washes out. But I think a teenager is okay waiting eight or nine months before they get pregnant. And in fact, my goal is no teenager should want to get pregnant because she's got better things to do. She's got school. She's got life. And that she won't get pregnant because there's such good birth control out there. So many different options, as I just listed off. The confusion comes in that 10% of women will get or have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And if we were to take 100 women not on birth control, check in on them in 10 years, 10% of them would have a hard time getting pregnant. and has nothing to do with anything other than 10% of them have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And in that syndrome, they don't pop out eggs or they have a hard time popping out eggs. And if you can't pop out eggs, you can't get pregnant. So same thing, you take 100 women, put them on any birth control method, the pill, the patch, the ring, and then you check on them in 10 years, 10% of them will have a hard time getting pregnant. And people are like, ah, oh, it's the birth control, pill, patch, ring, IUD, implant, shot, whatever. But it's not. What it is, is that they got polycystic ovarian syndrome during that time, not from the medication. And in fact, the birth control pill patch ring are used to treat polycystic ovarian syndrome because the people who have polycystic ovarian syndrome, their hormones are whack. And so then these medications take their hormone back to normal. And I actually spoke to the infertility specialist and they use birth control to prep women to get pregnant because it normalizes their hormones. And as soon as they come off, they give them a kickstart and then bam, they get pregnant. So ironically enough, birth control pills can help you get pregnant if you're that one in 10 women with polycystic ovarian. Wow. And then you, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, I mean, just in general, like, because that's a very important question that I wanted to address because often at times infertility doesn't get discussed enough. And then there's a presumption of, you know, the synthetic hormone being a contributing factor due to the contraceptive. But you just explained that so thoroughly and so good that I'm like, bam, there you go, ladies. Yay, yay. And then um, the other, you know, thing that causes infertility that people don't catch is chlamydia. So chlamydia is the number one diagnosable um, sexually transmitted infection. The number one sexually transmitted infection is HPV. But anyway, um, and so you could have had chlamydia and never had any symptoms. 90% of people that have chlamydia have no symptoms. So if you're under the age of 26, you should get, and sexually active heterosexually, you should get checked once a year for chlamydia. So that way they can pick it up. But if they pick it up, if they don't pick it up and you just show up in fertility clinic at age 40, 45, and they're like, oh, you had chlamydia. And you're like, I have no recollection of that. It's too late because it already messed up your tubes. And that's another kind of infertility thing. So I always tell people you want to use condoms plus a hormonal method or copper IUD if you want to prevent unplanned pregnancy, but also prevent sexually transmitted infections. And just assume anybody that you're having sex with has a sexually transmitted infection because you don't know 
unless you've been watching them 24 seven for the past eight weeks after they got all their tests. And even then we don't have all the tests for all this yet. Having that said, and I know your main focus in, in your wellness and health journey as a provider and a pediatrician, you were obviously seeing the trends with how sexually active teenagers are. Why was it important for you to actually have Pandia Health be available to that population as well? Because I also have seen the tremendous amount of, of trends of the youth being more sexually active and obviously STIs are becoming more, more common. We need to make sure that they're getting educated. We need to make sure that they know how to do a follow-up. So how does Pandia Health play a role into the adolescence for young women? So I would say that, um, you know, it's important that the general population understand the statistics on sexual activity in teenagers and young adults. And about 10 to 13% of high school freshmen have had sex. And then it's 10% more each year. So 20%, 30%, 40%, it's like 45, 50 by the time you hit senior year. So to think that they are not going to become sexually active is denial because that's just been what the numbers have been plus or minus two to five percent over time and um, the other part is we as animals were meant to reproduce when we got our periods which is 12 right and yeah. instead we're fighting that natural instinct from 12 to 26 which is 14 years right on average and for those of us who had more school or took a while to find our significant other 20 years you're fighting that urge to have sex if you don't have sex. And so I do believe that information is always useful. And just because you have information doesn't mean you're going to have sex. And particularly with sexually transmitted infections, I think knowing how horrible a sexually transmitted infection looks like, like there's the STD atlas. Have you ever seen that? Yes. It's a picture of all the STDs. I, I was like, they should, every kid should get a copy of this book or yeah. it's free. On, it should be free online. Like this is herpes. This is warts. This is gonorrhea. This is chlamydia. So you have some nasty drip coming out of your penis or vagina. <laughs> this is what looks like, you know, yeah. and that, you know, I don't believe in scare tactics, but I do right. believe in knowing your risk and, and seeing it and to me visualizing it and, and looking at the consequences. So I see nothing wrong in educating youth about sexually transmitted infections. What I, and birth control and abstinence, I believe in quote, born again abstinence. In any heterosexual encounter, the one with the uterus, 30% um, of the time does not have an orgasm. And I was like, why are you risking pregnancy and sexually transmitted infections if you aren't getting off? So if you aren't enjoying it, you don't have to do it again. Just because you did it in the past doesn't mean you got to do it again. So if you're not having an orgasm, you need to stop and or talk to your partner until you get one because it's not fair because inevitably the one with the penis, when they're done, it's over. So um, <laughs> this is where the healthy masturbation comes into play and they exactly. say it on the bigger platform. <laughs> exactly. That's my thing is like, you know, um, if everybody masturbated, there would be no sexually transmitted diseases or unplanned pregnancies, you know, yeah, but yeah. that's a totally different talk. And even I, who is very liberal, will blush pink because I don't even know how to go there. So that might be a, a talk um, with somebody else who's a, a sex specialist or who just knows that topic more comfortably. Of course. Um, you were asking, does birth control mess with your hormones? 
And so that kind of goes to my hashtag periods optional. So if you go to pandiahealth.com forward slash periods optional, on the bottom of the page is my TEDx talk on the science and safety of having fewer or no periods. And so the key is to know what's natural. If you are in the United States, a first world country with a ton of nutrition and you're not on any medication and you're two years after your first period, because for the first two years it's whack, it can be whack, mm -hmm. then you should have a period every single month. If you don't, then the doctor or healthcare person got to figure out why. Do you have a yeah. thyroid problem? Do you have a tumor in your head? Are you exercising too much? Are you not eating enough? Are you pregnant? Pregnant, pregnant, pregnant is the number one cause if you're sexually active. Um, but once we know everything is normal, we can turn that off. And the natural state of the female animal, according to my OB-GYN professor, is pregnant or breastfeeding. How many periods do you have when you're pregnant? None. None. How many periods do you have when you're exclusively breastfeeding every two to three hours? None. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you go study the Dogon tribe in Mali, which Dr. Beverly Strassman has done, and this isn't like 20, 30 years ago, this is like now, um, you will see that the women there get their periods at 16. We get our periods at 12, because yeah. as soon as you hit 100 pounds or 22% body fat, your body's like, I got enough nutrition, let's make a baby. And then they have seven periods a year. We have so much nutrition, we have 13 periods a year. They have eight or nine children, not saying we should do that, but we have two <laughs> children. So they're pregnant a lot of the time. They breastfeed 12 months. We breastfeed zero, three, or six months. Wow. They have 100 periods in their lives. We have 350 to 400 periods. And so using the birth control pill kind of tells your body you're pregnant so that it doesn't you know, do the processes that it does every single month. And every time you build that lining, oh, no embryo, bleed. Every time you build is a chance for cancer. So that's endometrial cancer, uh, cancer of the lining of the uterus. Every mm -hmm. time you pop out an egg is a risk for ovarian cancer. And um, 350 to 400 versus 100, three and a half to four times the risk of ovarian and endometrial cancer compared to quote natural. And so they've actually advocated that, you know, if every woman turned off her ovaries for five years, we could decrease ovarian cancer by 50%. And there's no other way to decrease your risk of ovarian cancer other than taking out your ovaries, which I don't recommend. Yeah. But that's but like the that's like the ophorectomy um, yes, procedure, right? Yeah, exactly. And so um, better to just, you know, turn off your periods for, you know, five years of your life or have fewer eggs popping out because we are popping three and a half to four times the amount of what's natural. And so um, the way the birth control pill works is it has a stable level of hormone such that the lining of your uterus isn't going up and down and up and down every single month for 350, 400 times. And it isn't popping out an egg every single month. And also with two with these services um, is nice to know that also too with education, a lot more younger girls can focus on their careers. Right. And so what, what I really love about your service is I went navigating on the website and it has a Q&A questions. And the most importantly part that I really found is that it's woman-led and woman-founded. As the founder and CEO, 
Why was that important to be woman-led? Well, this is about birth control, a product that women take. And, and, and I think that when you have the perspective of somebody who has suffered pill anxiety from someone who has taken the medication and other options and experienced them, then it's far more genuine and there's more skin in the game right? When the CEO is a dude and all he wants to do is make money, that's a very different thing. And I'm the only birth control CEO that has taken the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. But um, I'm also the only academic CEO, to my knowledge, who's about science and numbers. And what we're looking at is, in the future, personalized care based on your ethnicity, based on your genetics, which is the best birth control pill for you so you'll have the least amount of side effects. And in my journey with this company, I've written 2,000 birth control prescriptions in two years, which is a much higher volume than your regular doctor was all doing all these other things. All I do is live, breathe, eat and prescribe birth control. And so I've seen that academically, you know, in academia, we were always said, use this drug, but somehow it didn't work for Latinas. It didn't work for Asian Americans. It didn't work for African Americans. And we'd have to go through our own journey two or three pills later if we lasted that long and didn't yeah. give up and then find the one that was good. And so before we would, you know, try this one, if you failed this one, go to this one. But now I'm like, let's just go to this one. And this one was more expensive, but now everything's become generic. It's the same price. So yeah. if you're Latin, basically I put everyone on this pill now. And only if you're a Caucasian female who wants to bleed every month, will I put you on this one because they've done fine on this one. And this one has the lowest side effect theoretically, but this one is pretty good and was more expensive for some time. And so now it's the same price. So why not go there? where you'll have a better experience. And then just because of me and science and numbers, like we're studying, asking our customers to self-report, what is your ethnicity? And not just Latina, but like exactly where and how, and same thing with Asian. Asian is like so different. Pick your Asian and like daughters are gonna be half, you know, Taiwanese, half Korean, which is not the same as Japanese or 100% Taiwanese or 100% Korean. Yeah. So knowing all that and seeing how we can help women's lives better. Wow. I, I really love the fact that you're emphasizing that because that is one of the uh, most questions that I get asked a lot by some of my audience and our followers is, does this pertain to our population and what are the risks associated? And I, I'm always letting them know, unless we're participating in surveys and or taking on part of a group collective when they're doing research, we're not gonna know unless we're collectively coming together to collect that data. So I love the fact that you're including that in Panya Health because that is extremely important, especially when we're thinking on the broader perspective of women's health, right? It's not just one race, we have several categories of ethnical women that we need to represent. So I love that. Now, um, Panya Health on the website, I know you have experts and providers that are experts as well. Do you provide a little bit of education if women have questions about, well, I'm not so sure about the decision and or what um, contraceptive barrier should I start on? Yeah. So our site is under the assumption that you've done some of your homework or you've talked with your physician about the pill, the patch, the ring. And we ask you, which of these do you want? But if you have questions, you can go to our YouTube and we have tons of videos on YouTube describing the pros and the cons of the pill, the patch, the ring. Um, if you're interested in the shock, the IUD and the implant, then that I would recommend go to bedsider.org and they have lots of great info there. 
there on that information. But if you know you want the pill, because I think it's to me, well, actually the pill, the patch, the ring are all the same drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, the difference is that the patch and the ring have limited options. There's like two of each, whereas the pill has 40 different flavors. So if one doesn't work for you, maybe we'll find one that works. But to me, they both, all three methods have progesterone and estrogen. And it's just a question of how comfortable, which way do you want to take it? Right. Do you want to put it in your vagina or do you want to wear a patch or do you want to take a pill and choosing between those three methods? That's the choice. Are you a person that can take a pill every single day? If not, then maybe the ring, you know, the patch we usually shy away from because it's a higher dose estrogen and that's a higher risk of blood clot. But if it's the only method that works for you that you will remember, better that than pregnant. So that's the kind of decision tree between the three of them. And then as to pill, that is really for the physician based on their experience, based on what you tell them. So the most important information you can give to a provider when they're trying to choose a birth control pill for you is one, do you want to have a period every month or you want to have every three months, every six months or never and know that that is an option. Your doctor may not offer it so you can demand it. And then um, two, a list of all the birth control pills you have been on before, if you've been on more than one. And it, because that way they, you can be like, this one I didn't like, this one I didn't like, this one I didn't like. What were the side effects? You know, this one gave me zits. This one, I had weird, funky bleeding. This one, my libido went to poo poo. You know, so um, if you can tell us the ones that didn't work and why, then we can better know what to go forward. But also, you know, because we see the volume that we see and we specialize in it, then we've done this. We've managed these side effects more than other physicians. But I am an academic and I believe in sharing this information and I teach other doctors how to prescribe. So I'm always giving lectures for free to other physicians how to prescribe, sharing how I prescribe. And I've actually published um, a couple of papers on these are the side effects. If your patient has this side effect, then you move to this. And this is the one that works best um, desogestrel in Latinas, African-Americans and Asians and pretty much everybody. And then norgestamine is the old school one that we all thought was good, but has a lot of breakthrough bleeding if you're trying to skip periods. Got it. And that's amazing that you're actually publishing papers at the same time that you're a busy woman in general. I don't know how you do it, but I give that you a lot of credit. Before, before the company. <laughs> um, so let's talk a bit more about Panya Health. Now you mentioned Panya Health comes into play when you actually see a provider and you get a prescription. And then if we don't want to go to say the local pharmacy nearby the blog when we want to make sure we can emphasize more of an online basis since we're seeing a lot of transition in telehealth and we're going to get right into that because we happened to go through a pandemic through 2020 and a lot of things were uncertain for a lot of patients they weren't sure how they were going to navigate how to get their medications and their health and all of that so Pania health came into the forefront saying we have a solution but you do have to see a medical provider in order to have Pania Health deliver those services. So how do we tie that in? And what is the future of Pania Health moving forward with telehealth? Yeah, so we can deliver to all 50 states. We take almost all private insurances, except for Kaiser, because Kaiser won't let us bill them. So if you want to pay cash, we're happy with that. But we, I would suggest save yourself money and go to Kaiser if you are Kaiser. Um, we also take straight Medi-Cal for those of you in California. We take Family Pact, which is the Title 10 family planning in California. And then 
in terms of needing a doctor's prescription, you absolutely need a doctor's prescription for the birth control pill patch ring. However, in California, Florida, Texas, Wyoming, Arizona, and soon to be more states as we get more money, you can use our expert doctors to write the prescription. And all you have to do is fill out these 20 health questions that I'd ask you, same questions I'd ask you if you came into my office. Give me a self-reported blood pressure from the past year. So if you've been in a doctor's office, call them up and say, hey, what was my blood pressure the last time I was there? Mm -hmm. Or you can borrow a cuff from a friend or a grocery store or pharmacy. Or um, the one I like is fire stations, hot firemen. So all <laughs> fire stations are EMTs and they can take your blood pressure. So go, but calm your heart and make sure you call ahead. Just be like, do you check blood pressure? My doctor asked me to check if you could. And then be like, okay. And then you can come and get your blood pressure checked there and visit the fire station. Yeah. You know, a little field trip <laughs> while you're with your mask. And um, 20 bucks once a year, a total steal to use our expert doctors and then unlimited follow-ups as necessary. Um, basically, you just text us or call us and our patient care advisor will then relay the question to the doctor, get the questions answered and then get back. So very and nice. So, so there's kind of like a middle person, right? Because we know the providers are going to be extremely busy. So I love the fact that there's like a middle person that um, people can actually communicate with so that way they don't you know, because I, I know that providers are extremely busy. And so we always need a, a middle person. But that is really great. And if you want to take your blood pressure, like you say, you can go visit the firefighters, just make sure you don't get too excited, because we want to make sure that blood pressure is pretty normal in order to yes. get that prescription filled. So once they fill out the uh, 20 questionnaire and get that information for you and get their answers question, um, do they submit everything electronically through your navigation website? Yeah, so there's no video, there's no phone call. And I like that because, you know, in the gig economy, but also now in COVID, if I'm like, uh, your last period was three months ago, is there any chance you could be pregnant? And you're like, no, there's no chance I could be pregnant. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that. Could you repeat that? There's no way that I could be pregnant. I haven't had sex for six months. Oh. You're in the middle of your house <laughs> or you're at Starbucks or, you know, right. stuff like that. So the fact that it's all on a questionnaire that's secure, HIPAA, no one's going to see that data except for our healthcare people um, is, you know, a great kind of confidential platform. Then our doctor looks at it. You can fill out it 24 seven, right? 3 AM, midnight, whatever works for you. Then our physicians, 3 AM, midnight, will look at it. And if it looks safe, write the prescription, send it to our partner pharmacy, bill your insurance, ship it to your door, set it and forget it. And with each package, you get a free goodie. So right now is like high chews, but given it's winter, we might switch into tea, chocolates, now that the chocolates won't melt. And um, <laughs> we also have a couple of phenol founder companies, um, soap for sinners that I love, really fancy soap. If you get those free samples, crazy awesome great like sniffing it makes me really happy and then um the other one that's coming soon oh face mask so you Ooh. get a face mask all this for free and yeah and if you don't have insurance then it's roughly 15 dollars a pack of pills which is less than 50 cents a day um if you're skipping you're going to need 17 packs if you're not skipping then it's 13 packs a year but you pay what you can what you need we also have, we're about to launch for, what well, we already launched, but we're going to remind people on Giving Tuesday, we have Pandia Health Birth Control Fund. So if you go to pandiahealth.com forward slash social good, you can either apply for a, um, 
Is it kind of like a scholarship or? Apply for a scholarship if you needed a subsidy to pay the um, healthcare visit or pay for the medication, or you can donate and support another woman that is in need. Very nice. I love the fact that you actually included um, three perspectives in the realms of health access when it comes to contraceptives. One, if you have insurance, you know, you go through your medical provider, uh, they fill the prescription through the pharmacy authorization, boom, mail to your house. Then you have the second option, whether you don't have insurance, obviously there's a great access fee, you know, at minimum cost, like you just mentioned. It's not it's not going to break you, not going to break the piggy bank, which is really nice. And then the third one is that you're making a fund available for women, like a scholarship subsidized um, option to be able to support women who are in need of the service. Because I was very mindful when I was thinking of having this conversation saying, okay, I'm not on birth control bill, but I have to consider the women who are still utilizing these services and how are they getting around? Are they having barriers? Did you experience any barriers during the COVID-19 and Pania Health getting um, deliverable services to women in need of contraceptives? Yeah. So, you know, I think that Pandia Health has become an essential service in that you don't want to go to the pharmacy, stand in that long line. And if any of the people in the pharmacy are sick, going to get stuff, they could cough on you when this should just come in the mail, right? Hashtag better things to do, but hashtag don't get infected. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so that, that is the crucial kind of part for Pandia Health. Um, the one barrier that we've seen, and I, it wouldn't have to do with COVID per se, but the current administration, who hopefully will be gone by January 20th, um, has slowed <laughs> down the U.S. postal because did not want mail-in ballots to get to places and right. like defunded it and did all sorts of horrible stuff. Hopefully we can undo that with a new administration in January. But um, that has been an issue because we use the U.S. postal. And our joke is nor rain, nor sleet, nor snow is going to get in the way of your birth control because that's the U.S. Postal's uh, model. <laughs> uh, and it's very nice to know that this is available um, where you don't have to go in person because I know during this transition, a lot of patients and or people were, were really being very precautious about traveling and being in person and making sure that um, if they needed to pick a prescription, sending a family loved one, and sometimes a family loved one was like, well, I don't want to go in person. So it's nice to know that Pandia Health created a platform that's all based online, and there is no waiting line. There's like no wait time. It's just you do it, and you wait, and it gets delivered. And, and like you said, you have the perks, like the facial masks, the chocolates, you know? So it's nice yes. to know that you're including that because... I don't know, at least for me as a woman, I always look forward to the little perks, you know, because yes. that also makes part of your wellness and you're taking care of your health. Um, I love that we were able to cover a pretty broad spectrum of questions. So I think the audience is definitely going to enjoy this conversation and health topic tonight, but also furthering into Pandia Health. Is there anything that we have to look forward to in the next, I guess we're almost towards the end of the year. Anything we have to look forward to, to 2021? Well, with respect to, you know, Pandia Health, we're looking forward to expanding to more states. One concept that we want to put out there, again, is periods optional. If you have fewer periods or control your periods, you don't risk getting in on your fancy holiday clothes. Or if you actually get to make it out to the beach or any time that you don't want to bleed, you can move your period around or skip your period. 
The other random thought is um, birth control tourism. So if you have any listeners that are not in California, Florida, Texas, Arizona, or Wyoming, if you're going to visit any of those states, as long as you're physically in that state, when you fill out our questionnaire, then we can take care of you. But legally, if you are not physically in those states, we cannot physically help you. It's a, a doctor thing crossing state law, state boundaries yeah i was gonna say like the state boundaries right the laws that come into play very Mm -hmm. nice so it's nice to know that um i could be from like colorado and sign up for pania health like i don't have to be precisely in california to access the services so you're pretty much nationwide right now yeah we can deliver to all 50 states but if you want us to write the prescription we do need you physically in california florida texas arizona or wyoming when you fill out that questionnaire so if you're visiting tahoe or we're not in vegas but uh, la or orlando you know or anywhere then we can write the prescription while you are physically in that state but you need to physically be in that and you mentioned you have educational youtube videos that you have done the talks um is there anything else that we can look forward to like as far as videos or any other navigational tools in the website yeah so as you hit upon i'm really proud of our frequently asked questions so i think me and this other woman who was a nurse were the only two people for the longest time on the internet answering anything to do with birth control and so i took all those questions that i answered and brought them to Pandiel because I wrote them, so I should own the content. (laughs) And then um, we have Instagram Live. So every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific in Espanol and then at 5.30 in English. And um, I speak fairly fluent Spanish. My um, COO is Latina. And I'm happy to take any birth control CEO on in a Spanish off. Me encanta que hablas español. Um, hopefully, it. maybe we can collaborate and do a, a Spanish a Spanish live talk on Instagram. Um, I would love yeah. to answer some questions. I know. Let's do it. I know for some Latinas that are still in the perspectives of old school mentality, they you know I think some questions get get missed at times. You know because there's still a little bit of a literacy. Uh, barriers you know when it comes to understanding how the breath control pill works and also the, the stigma that comes behind it but you just answered a, a few when it comes to hormones because if a woman has pcos and gets on the breath control but didn't identify the pcos before starting it that could have been a contributing factor and they might have had not been diagnosed or something like that mm-hmm. so it's always good to kind of navigate those areas to have better understanding of of women's health in general because we know our bodies are always transitioning every month And I love that fact that you're creating a platform because you have two young, beautiful children who are both young girls. And, you know, you wanted to make sure that they were going to also have uh, these services available um, if they decided to take that option. Right. Yeah. And know that, you know, 70% of women on birth control are using it for other reasons and that the number one cause of missed school in a woman and work under in a woman under the age of 25 bad evil periods and so if you are a person with a uterus that is missing school or work please see a healthcare advisor healthcare um, person provider mm-hmm. and get it treated um, the first line treatment is ibuprofen 400 to 600 milligrams three times a day with food for up to five days and that will decrease the amount of pain and blood but more importantly the blood by 30 percent And if that doesn't work, then you might have to look at something hormonal. It might have to be an IUD, an implant, a shot, the ring, the patch, the pill, your choice. 
Yeah. But, but no, don't miss school. Because I remember when I was um, working in Children's Oakland, there would be young women that would miss two days of school every month. And they were like, oh, it's nothing. And I was like, that's 10% of her education. And unless she figures out what she missed, which she, you know, she's a young little girl, she's not going to figure it out. And then she doesn't catch up. She will always be 10% behind. So please, if you're missing school or work, or if your young person tells you she's having horrible cramps, it's true, it's legit, and please see a medical provider. Yeah, and I know with Dr. Sophia again on that one, because I know also there's holistic practices, and we have the best of both worlds, that I also believe that if for some reason your holistic practices are just not working for your condition, always follow up with the medical provider because maybe you might need that contraceptive to be able to help you. And it's better to have the dialogue and navigate your way if you need that prescription, because we want to make sure that you're taking care of your health and lessening the risk for future complications down the road, which we want to work. Cause you mentioned Dr. Sophia Yen, you mentioned endometrial cancer, ovarian cancer, which is a high risk um, for some women, depending on their, obviously their health history. So it's really important to know what your options are. And I'm, I'm very thankful that we have the opportunity to sit down as I know you're very busy, but where can one find Panya Health? Now I know you're on Instagram as Panya Health and you're on Facebook. You mentioned Facebook. Is that the same title as Instagram as well? Yes. So we are at Pandia Health on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. So find us on all of those platforms. Um, TikTok, we have some really fun videos. Uh, Instagram is just beautiful and educational and inspirational. Facebook, we have it all. And actually, I was saying the Tuesdays in Espanol at 5, Pacific and 5.30 in English is actually Facebook, but we're now going to alternate Facebook and Instagram Live. And then even with the Facebook, we then put it on to Instagram eventually. And then you can also go on our platform, become our customer, and then we're very happy to answer your questions. But we answer questions on Facebook. We answer questions on YouTube. We definitely answer questions on the Facebook, Instagram live Tuesdays at five o'clock in Espanol and 5.30 in English. Please come because that is the best time to catch me. Free birth control questions and advice. Um, Facebook and um, Instagram and YouTube less um, in terms of just comments and stuff, less likely you're going to get a physician that's answering you. But once a week on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific or 5.30 for English, you can find us. Well, I actually am very curious to know the TikTok account. (laughs) I want to know what's in there um, and seeing if I can possibly challenge you to a TikTok dance not me but our tiktok people you got to see the videos she is hilarious she's got a great sense of humor and actually they're all done in spanish and then they're dubbed in not dubbed but they're subtitled in english because she is latinx oh very nice well it's nice to know that you're pretty much on every platform that i can think of (laughs) and now if anyone has any questions i am pretty sure they can visit the website correct? And do the Q&A on there. Um, And do you have a phone number listed on your website as well? 
Yes, we do. I believe it's uh, 650-437-1213. And then once you become a patient of ours, you can text us. Um, we have also secure chat when you sign up. Once you're behind the wall, everything you do is secure. We specifically set it up um, that way. And then I think we also set up a referral code for you. If you put in code Saludable Latina, hey. you'll get $5 <laughs> off your telemedicine visit if needed and wanted. Yes. Well, thank you so much, too, for being able to provide a discount code, as I know, for individuals who are in need of a discount code, even even when it comes to $15, we know sometimes it goes a long way to have a little bit of discount. And we truly appreciate that Dr. Sophia Yen is making that available, um, as well as just in general, creating the whole platform that's led by women. So I think that's really important that you're taking that initiative and educating our patriotical providers to understanding more about contraceptives and making sure that the women are getting fulfilled and educated and supported in those decisions. So I truly appreciate your time. Is there any last minute advice or anything you want to mention before we wrap up our interview tonight? Yeah, I would love it if, you know, everybody would like us and follow us on social media, but also share that we are the only women-founded, women-led, the only doctor-led company in birth control. And we will always tell you what's best for your health, even if we don't make money off of it, because we're just here to make women's lives better. Well, thank you so much. I will not take any more of your time as I know you have a busy uh, work week schedule ahead of you, but I do hope that you get to enjoy the holidays with your family. And I also want to make sure that you're also taking care of yourself during the COVID-19 as I know you're one of our frontline workers. And I want to truly say thank you so much for all of your hard work for being able to provide services in women's health and being a pediatrician to adolescents, to postpartum, to our master's in public health and researcher and everything that you do. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being able to being able to make these resources accessible and available for women. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Of course. Thank you so much.